Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show present the Weekend Recap. And we are talking everything and anything from UFC Vegas insert number here. In your main event, Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland had a very close, weird fight to cap off 2022 with, of course, a controversial split decision. Uh, I couldn't think of a more poetic way to end 2022 for MMA. Uh, We're also talking a lot of fight announcements and then the rest of UFC Vegas insert number here. So all this and more, and it all starts for the last time in 2022 right now. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us on this Monday edition, recap edition of the show. I'm one half of your hosting duo. My name is Noah Baker, the man to my right. That is Dominic Salee coming to you from the great state, the Buckeye State mm-hmm. of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Dominic. How are you feeling on this Monday? We just got done with our final UFC event of 2022. Technically, well, I think it's actually technically our last. M- There's the we do have we have the yeah. One. So that's thing. So I believe that due to the time difference, though, it's a New Year's Eve show. But I think we'll be watching it past the New Year. I think. True and. Painfully for us, it's at the same time as the Buckeyes semifinal game. So, <laughs> so <laughs> our final MMA event of 2022. Let's just yeah, uh, yeah. the final one we'll be talking about on this show, unless of course anything crazy comes of uh, the Bellator versus Ryzen event. So, how are you feeling, Dom? Now that we've kind of finished up 2022 as a whole, are you reminiscing about another year down? Yeah, man, it really is crazy that here we are. I feel like we were just recording. Giga Chikadze and Calvin Cater preview for the first event of the year. And now we're recapping Strickland Cannoneer, the final UFC event of 2022, our last numbered episode of 2022. Another year in the books, Noah, and a big year coming in 2023. It's another bittersweet moment, just like Thursday. But it's going to be a good one. we got good fights to talk about, good fight announcements to talk about. And the vibes are just high right now, Noah. Let's keep them going. What do you say? I completely agree with you there, Dominic. And the vibes are so high. Then I'm going to give a special shout-out. I've never done this before, but I'm going to give a special shout-out to our good friends over at PointsBet Sportsbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the official betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA show, and they have a great offer that you, the listener, you, the viewer, can take advantage of. Right now, if you sign up with PointsBet Sportsbook, on your initial deposit, they are going to match 100% up to $2,000. This is free money, people. Free money that you get to use for your sports betting needs. There are two ways to make good on this offer. One, go into the link in the description of today's episode. Follow that link. Sign up. Put in your deposit. It is matched. Second, you can download the PointsBet Sportsbook app. Use code MMAJOES. MMAJOES. Thank you, but I didn't ask you to say that. Um, you put that in and sign up, and you put in your deposit, and it is matched. So shout out to PointsBet Sportsbook. Please bet responsibly. And with that, Dominic, let's talk about our final fight of 2022 for the UFC. Jared Cannonier ultimately gets the split decision victory over Sean Strickland in your main event. The three judges' scorecards, Dom, all had it. 49-46, but 
Two went for Cannoneer and one for Sean Strickland. So in a year where it feels like MMA judging is so controversial and has been such a sticking point with a lot of fans, there's been a lot of very heated debates about this topic. Mm -hmm. We finished the year with a scorecard that's very weird, you know, a 49-46 one way and a 49-46 the other way. But Dominic, why is nobody up in arms about this one? So I think the difference here is that in this fight, it's easy to say, man, coin flip fight, either guy could have won and I'm okay with it. The, the problem in this fight wasn't necessarily who got the, the win, right? Because, again, we were even in our group chat, right? We're like, oh, I don't know. If Cannoneer wins, I'm not surprised. If Strickland wins, I'm not surprised, so on and so forth. The problem was, yes, it was 49-46 for a guy and 49-46 for the other, which doesn't make much sense. But when you dig a little deeper, not one round across all three judges' scorecards was won unanimously by one fighter. Not like round three was not won by Jared Cannonier on every judge's scorecard. It was so just different the way in which they were organized. So that part is a little annoying, a little frustrating, but I'm not upset at the winner of this. It could have been Cannonier. It could have been Strickland for the bet slip's sake. <laughs> could have used Strickland because that would have made it a winning night instead of a losing night. Nothing like sweating down your final bet of the year on the final fight of the year to the judges' scorecards, but that's neither here nor there. It was a good fight, though. You know, judges' scorecards aside, I think it was what we expected in terms of like how each man fought, but a little bit better overall at the end of the day for the finalized product. Excited to get your thoughts now on the scorecards and the fight itself. Now, I love my co host, Dom. I do. I love him. I love when he speaks his mind. Mm -hmm. And I tell him all the time, I want to see him do it more. Mm hmm. So I, I have a bit of a pause when Dominic says something that I disagree with because I don't want to jump down his throat and make him think twice about speaking up the next time. But I'm a little bit shocked that you are that you did not like or had an issue with the judges' scorecards because the way I viewed this fight, Dom, is not only was it a toss-up, but I think this was an unbelievably hard fight to judge mm -hmm. from sitting on my couch or if you're sitting cage side as one of the three appointed judges. The 49-46 for either guy, I could have seen. I think I had it 3-2 for Sean Strickland. You had it 3-2 for Cannoneer. I mean, I could have seen this being scored any amount of combinations, 4-1 one way or the other. From the eye test of watching, and even if you look at the stats for this fight, they tell you how close each mm. round of this fight was. There was not a clear round, no. in my opinion, no. for either man the whole way through. Mm -hmm. And when that's the case, you can get scorecards like this, where I believe this was the first time uh, that there was a 4-1 for both fighters on right. the scorecards. Yeah. yeah. Which normally would make that's why i was like everything that i'm telling you if you didn't watch this would go oh boy these boys about to flame these judges <laughs> yeah but truthfully i can't give them any fault here because i thought this fight was so close just mm. every round it was like i don't know who to score that for yeah it was a better version it was a it was the good version of like carla rose 
Yeah, yes, know, yes. You know, Carla Rose, we were sitting there like, who the fuck do you score these rounds for? <laughs> because this is the good happened. version. <laughs> yeah, this is the yeah. good version of that. Yeah. Um, the fight itself, solid. You know, I think Cannoneer pushed the action a little bit more than he did against Adesanya, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because um, in the later rounds especially, I thought he was having more success landing some power shots. Um, he had a good success with leg kicks. Yeah, you could tell the discrepancy was that Sean Strickland was almost going strictly for the head of mm-hmm. Cannoneer, while Cannoneer was mixing in a lot of body and leg strikes, and then in the later rounds started to open it up and go over the top towards the head himself. Um, but yeah, I have no issue with Cannoneer getting the win here, even though I personally scored it for Strickland. And I mean, do you have any rebuttal here, Dom? Because I'm kind of saying like I don't, I don't really get the complaint. I, I, again, like, well, I guess I did say last night too. I'm shocked. Like, I, it's weird because you can see someone scoring at four to one, but then in watching it, I feel like, oh, both fighters definitely got two rounds apiece, right? They mm-hmm. both deserve to win two rounds. And then whoever the final one goes to is, but again, my only complaint is not necessarily the 49, 46, four to one. It's just, why is there no, I don't know. Maybe it was just so close that there shouldn't be any unanimous rounds given. I mean, I guess if I really do go back and watched it five times or three times, let's say, because there's three judges, would I score round five for Sean Strickland every single time? Would I score round four for Strickland every single time? Um, That's what I saw, too, like in the community. A lot of people were just saying, how can not one round be won by one person on all George's scorecards, not even on the two people that scored Cannoneer? So I don't know, man. It's just... It, it's very fitting. It really is to end 2022 with a split decision like this. You know, we, we started the year with a dominant decision victory by Calvin Cater, and the scorecards have just gotten more and more murky uh, as the year went on. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just – maybe my complaints are stemming from me losing that bet at the uh, end of the day potentially. Well. <laughs> but I don't know, man. It's just weird to explain this. Fight. Well, let me try to help you here because let me, let me throw you a life preserver because I kind of drowned you, and now I'm going to throw you – Mm-hmm. So you can thank Pull me, me for saving. I'm drowning you, and then I'm going to save your life. So you can thank me for that. Yeah. Um, what? What? I think the fight was a lot closer than a 49-46 scorecard indicates. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really what it boils down to. Is that's, that's this fair. fight felt very close? That's what you're getting at. Where you're saying I felt like even though if you go watch it round by round, it's hard to give one guy or the other the edge. But you felt like at the end, both guys won at least two rounds because of how close it was. But that's just not really how MMA judging scored, you know. (laughs) So, like, I get your, I get your sentiment though, that it felt closer than a forty nine forty six, and you know, that's why, like, you know, I think we had a guy comment on, um. I believe it was the clip we did of Patty Pimblett and calling the fight a robbery. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, I, I still haven't had him respond back to what I asked him a question, but um, his comment said something along the lines of, you know, you guys, or you called it a robbery, but then said it was a close fight, like make it make sense or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, when I watched the clip back, I was like, well, I don't, Neither one of us ever said it was a close fight. We clearly no. said that it was a robbery. Yeah. But I think what he was getting at was that I said I scored the fight 29-28 oh, for Gordon. Right. 
So yeah. I think he takes the scorecard. Well, it's 29-28. You know, one round goes Patty's way and he wins the fight. But that is not that that's a very paint that's yeah. a that's a very black and white painted brush there that you're putting on that. Every scorecard, like there's 30 27s that feel closer than 29-28s. Like that's mm-hmm. just the way it goes. That's why every round is scored by itself. Momentum shifts happen in fights. Yes. Um, some guy starts strong and then the other guy finishes way stronger in the next two yep. rounds. So it's a 29-28, but yep. it was pretty clear for the winner, which is sort of how Jared Gordon and Patty Pimblett went. Um, all in all, what I'm saying is, is like, yes, it's a 49-46 scorecard here, but it's by no means, this is one of the closest fights of the year in terms of main events yeah. that we've seen. Yeah, that was very well said, Noah. You are a Thank very... You very smart gentleman my response to him was when did we ever say it was a close fight and he never said anything back so i was basically <laughs> asking like i wanted him to say just to make like sure explain. that's what he meant yeah. you know are you saying it because i scored it 29 28 well then i can tell you that it's not really true you but... can have a very decisive 29 28 you know yes yeah, I see exactly what you're um dominic what's going to be next for jared cannonier here because <sighs> uh when uh, Paul Felder asked him after the fight, you know, what he wanted to do next. Of course, Alex Pajera is now the middleweight champion. That kind of shook up the division. Cannonier seemed to want, uh, he he knew Whitaker's fighting Costa next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of just called for either the title shot or just a guy with the number above him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious if you think that's very realistic for him because he's, he's at number three. So there's not many people in front of him. And likely you're going to look at Adesanya and Pajera probably rematching at some point next year, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Whitaker fighting Costa. You know, where does Cannoneer kind of fit into the top of the middleweight division for 2023? I understand him asking for the title shot because there's a new champion now, but that's, I don't think that's realistic at all. I think they're definitely going to run back Izzy and Pajera. Yes, Izzy was a dominant champion, but then when you add in all the. Con- not controversy, the uh, storylines behind them and the history. They're definitely going to run that back a second time. Uh, no exact timetable. It won't be on the first three pay-per-views of the year, right? we got Brazil, we have Australia, we have London. So April at the earliest, but it'll definitely be later than that if you ask me. So I think uh, I'm kind of here for him facing the winner of Whitaker and uh, Costa. I think that would make sense. I know he's already fought Whitaker, but it'll be a couple years at that point. He came back strong in the third round in that fight. It would warrant that maybe. And then him and Costa would be a very entertaining match should Costa beat Whitaker. And maybe some would say Costa deserves a title fight if he beats Whitaker, but I don't know. Like the win before this, if he beats Rob, was um, who, who's uh, uh, Luke Rockhold. So, like, I don't know. I kind of want to see Costa win another one. So, yeah, I think maybe Cannonier versus the winner, that one. Maybe the winner of a fight we're going to talk about here later with uh, Roman mm. a Marvin Vittori. Kind of just depends on the timelines. When's Izzy going to fight Alex again? That's kind of where I'm leaning. I lean stronger toward winner of Whitaker and Costa. Yeah, he's kind of at an awkward spot, isn't he? I mean, when, yeah. does Whitaker, when does Whitaker and Costa fight? That's in February in Australia, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess we we could we wouldn't expect to see Cannonier back to at least like early April, late March, you know, maybe even longer than that, obviously. Yeah. He's 38 years old. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually kind of like the idea of him fighting Costa win or lose. For Costa. Win or lose I mean, Costa, just, that's us. Yeah. 
you know, Whitaker, I think, with the win would be really waiting on, you know, what happens with Adesanya Pajara. Because if Pajara wins a second time, all of a sudden, Bobby Knuckles back in that title title shot. Which, talk about a a side point. What a crazy fight that would be. Um, But, yeah, I think Cannonier's in an awkward spot. I'm not completely confident that he gets what he's asking for. I could see Mm -hmm. him having to fight backwards, but... Another fight we're going to talk about later, I think. Or did I not put it? Oh, yeah, I did put it on here. Like Andre Muniz and Brendan Allen. Like oh, yeah, I thought sure. if, if Muniz won that fight, I feel like you could have argued him getting that kind of shot. But that's going to happen in February. Like can he turn around, you know? I don't know. So middleweight's kind of in a weird spot as a whole. Got yeah. shooken up for sure. But I don't know. I, I think there's options for sure, but he may just have to wait a little longer than he wants to to get it done. Because he yeah. even said himself, sooner rather than later after yeah. the fight, he's not getting any younger. You know. Yeah, it's a rock and a hard place situation. Yeah. Um, with that, Dom, we're going to move in actually to our fight announcement portion of the show. It's been yeah. a while since we've gotten to do this. We we moved our fight yeah. announcements to be on our recaps on Mondays, and you know, for the last couple of weeks, I feel like we they haven't really gotten to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but as we do, I'm just going to kind of go through the list, tell you what the fight is, you know, who's in it, when it's going to happen, and if it's on a pay-per-view or not. And you could just give me kind of a snapshot of your thoughts into what fights stick out to you. So we start with February 4th. They're running it back. The highly anticipated five-round main event between Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak. Yeah. Andre Muniz fighting Brendan Allen February 25th. Cody Garbrandt makes his return against Julio Arce March 4th. That's UFC 285. Yeah. And then March 18th, UFC 286. This is the one in oh, London. Shit. Roman, Roman Delize, Marvin Vittori. And finally, a week later, March 25th, Dominic kindly put UFC San Antonio on here because that was what it was Yeehaw. announced as. Holly Holm taking on Yana Kunitskaya, the former... Uh, women's featherweight title challenger so dominic what kind of sticks out to you about this list good or bad first thing i said oh shit when you were talking because i didn't realize there are two pay-per-views in the month of march two weeks apart Mm -hmm. from one another uh my favorite fight on there as much as i love brendan allen and andre muniz i think that's a sick fight my favorite one's delizia vittori it has to be delizia making this march into the top 10 you know, we saw him fight two times in a month, basically, when he beat uh, Phil Hawes, then turns around a couple weeks later, jumps in against number eight, Jack Hermanson, and submits him with an STFU John Cena style in the, <laughs> in the octagon. And now he's getting Marvin Vittori. I mean, that's a very fascinating fight, uh, a very big fight for potential title challengers at to, you know toward the later end of 2023. That's my favorite fight on this list for this weekend. Noah, what do you got for me? I'm just going to make a plead. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to plead. Because when I saw they made Derek Lewis, Sergey Spivak, they made it again. Like, as if, it wasn't, as if it wasn't a sign enough yeah. the first time they made this the main event, that that fight falls apart during the show. Yeah. I mean, on record now, there is a UFC event that is headlined by Kennedy and Zachukwu and... Uh, Jan Kudalava. Yeah, Jan Kudalava. Uh, I mean, Kennedy and Zichukwu, fine fighter. 
but Dominic did call him like, yeah, I mixed he mixed up him. Fighters. Yeah, there was like three fighters yeah. that Dominic basically rearranges their letters of their name together. That's so awesome. if that can happen, then you know maybe you shouldn't be in a main event. If Dom's doing that to your name, you probably shouldn't be in a main event. But the UFC were so stern on making this a main event, they rebooked it February 4th. So, Dom, when you sent me the fight last night that you did for UFC San Antonio, Holly Holm versus Yannick Kunitskaya, my first thought was they are definitely going to make this a main event, and I am going to be so pissed when they do because – Look, Holly Holmes great. She's an icon, one of the best wins ever against Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Uh let's stop putting her in main events. Just mm-hmm. just stop. It's not because she's not talented, not good, can't be fun, whatever. But she just doesn't have any sort of momentum at this point. You know, she's a name, right. but I mean, what's that really it's not necessarily I don't think I don't feel like she's driving eyeballs to the screen any anymore. Yeah. You know. So yeah. and then she's going up against Yana Kunitskaya, like who the fuck cares? I mean, let's be honest. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. No Maybe disrespect. Strong. No disrespect to either lady. I feel like that, you know. Yes, what I said was disrespectful, <laughs> but since I said yeah. since I said no disrespect, you just have to kind of yeah. you know. You cleared your name, yeah. Yeah. Anything? Well, I'm curious your thoughts, Dom, because you're the you're the guy that's always positive about you know mm-hmm. everything. So Holly Holm, Yana Kunitskaya, five round main event. Are you you know jumping for joy at that? No, no, we don't need that, guys. As a main event, <laughs> I'm just glad we got Holly Holm to commit to a weight class potentially here in this one. It is supposed to be at 135. We'll see if it holds true that way. Uh, I'm trying to think of other Texas-based fighters. I know Mr. Adrian Yanez wants to get on that card. I don't know if he can quite get into a main event slot yet. I know he's trying to crack into the bantamweight top 15, but I'm trying to think. Just you, you would think they are going to try and put. Uh, some sort of Texas fighter on that card. I know Ryan Spann has a fight scheduled. He's from Texas. Maybe you get him. I know he has a main event slot sometime in. Yeah, it's before. It's not that same card. Before that one. Yeah, he's so, scheduled to fight. Um, I'm gonna forget his name. Probably. The guy that I. Yeah, the guy I called boring, but turned out he had never had a boring fight, but the one that I vividly remembered. So. <laughs> right, right. So I don't know. Maybe if you rearrange now that the Anthony Smith fight fell out, maybe throw this one on the headline UFC San Antonio. I don't know. But that, Holly Holm and Yana Kutskaya, I don't care for the fight. Do what you will. They need to do whatever in that division. Right. That division needs a lot of work, but just don't make it a main event. That's all. What do we ask Please. for, Noah, for main events? Please. We want storylines. Fucking... We want momentum. We want things on both sides. I want to learn something about yes. somebody. Like yeah, you, right. you, the five rounds is like a step up, right? It's like yeah. you are moving into not necessarily. It's not necessarily have to be like you win this, you get a title fight. But you know, we've had a lot of main events in 2022 on both ends of the spectrum, where it was mm-hmm. like on one end, where it was like, who the fuck cares about this fight like why is this a main event like there was a lot of times in 2022 where i was like scratching my head at the matchmaking like why is this the main event is they really couldn't get anybody else to sign I mean, on the dotted line Steve for that Hawk, week? right that's one right no oh, there's plenty i mean holly holm had one with um what's her name 
Oh boy. Yeah. This should tell you why. Yeah, this who she was. Oh god, it's oh that's not good. I thought she had like a main event get canceled even. I don't know, man. Catlin Vieira. Catlin Vieira. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. you know, like fights like that, like yeah, okay, that fight might have mattered to that division, but also like who I mean, who cares? Um But they also did a good job of making certain fights main events that I felt like in years past would have been buried on the main card or prelims, you know, Sarukian Gamrot prime example. example. A. Yep. And I mean, I, there's a few other examples. They're not exactly jumping off the page to me right now, but right. I think they've done, there's been like hit or miss on these main events for fight nights. You've had a fair share. I thought Chikadze cater was a good choice for a main event, mm-hmm. you know, stuff where you get to learn something about someone. You get Chikadze had been, beating the fuck out of everybody and then you put him in a five-round fight against a guy whose stock is low and cater all of a sudden cater looks like a fucking superstar so marlon vera main evented look oh he is yep now. marlon vera uh was that dominic cruz? cruz in san diego that yeah. was a great san... main event yeah yeah san diego san diego which of course in german means a whale's vagina but needless to say let's Stop with bad main events in 2023. I'm putting my foot down, Dom. And I'm here for you. Now. I'm telling you, here's I'm making a pledge, a promise to the viewers right now. Okay. You ready for this? I'm ready. In 2023, if oh there is a main event that I declare to be the UFC phoning it in and just throwing shit on a card, mm-hmm. then I will watch the whole card, but I will turn off before the main event. And then I just recap uh, it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Noah goes, all right, me... and here's the main event. And then I just go. <laughs> so I will, I Not will watch it live. Yes. There. Watch it later. <laughs> after the fact, uh, but I will watch the entire card up into past the co-main and then I will turn off the main event. I do not want, I want them to see when they're looking at the numbers and they're like, Oh, we lost a guy <laughs> going into the main guy. event. <laughs> I want them to know that was me. So Derek Lewis, Sergey Spivak, February 4th. I ain't watching that main event, baby. I got other things to do, but right. I'm going to watch the rest of the card. So, I mean, who's really the sucker, but. <laughs> that's my pledge to the audience i i am i'm a man of the people uh hashtag yeah. thank you noah and <laughs> yeah you know uh let me also just mention cody garbrandt for a second because he's back mm-hmm. at bantamweight julio arce this is kind of his last chance i mean this is this is really it for him you know he's giving i i don't see how if he gets finished here or beat like how you really keep this thing going and I don't want to even use those kind of words because I really do like Cody. We've had the pleasure of meeting him like twice. Yep. And he's been a really good guy both times. He's a former champion. He's an Ohio guy. So, yep. of course, me and Dom have a lot of love for the guy. But I'm just, you know, we have to speak honestly. You know, even yep. if we have our biases, Dom, you know, we keep it real. We can't exactly. speak for everybody out in the MMA scene, but we're yep. one of those that do. So, you know, is that kind of how you're feeling? Like this is his real last chance to I, cling on to relevancy, maybe? I think relevancy and dare I say take it a step further, 
UFC career? Just career in general, probably, because I, I, I don't know if he's a guy that goes to the PFL. Right. He might yeah, be. I don't know. He might man. be. I don't know. I'd be I'd be interested to see it, but well, man, um, like imagine Cody in the Bellator Bantamweight division right now. Yeah. How's it go? I don't know. I don't know, man, but it feels that way. I think it's a very important fight for his his relevancy, as Noah said, his UFC career, his career in general. Um, and Julio Arce is gonna be a guy that are like, Oh, Cody should I don't know, maybe people don't even say this about Cody fighting Julio Arce, but I would imagine some people say, Oh, Cody should win this easily. Nope. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, people. My guess for the odds is Cody will be a favorite, but it will it won't be as much of a favorite. Like, he'll be under minus 200. It'll be like minus oh, yeah. 160, minus 150. Yep, yep, I agree. Maybe less than that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the rest, Dom, of UFC Vegas insert number here. Your co-main event, dare I say, the people's main event. Although that might actually, you could price it out for multiple fights on this card because there's <laughs> yeah. another fight we're going to talk about. But Armand Saryukian gets back on track. He gets a unanimous decision win over Demir Ismay Gulov. My big takeaway from this fight, Dom, was how high level this was. I mean, this felt like the most high level fight of the night. Strickland Cannoneer was for sure high level striking. But in this one, man, you really saw the chess match playing out before your eyes. Armand, yep. great grappling, great wrestling, and he was looking to utilize that against a very natural striker in this Megulov. And Demir had showing great takedown defense for a while, um, not allowing himself to go down easy. And obviously Armand ended up winning out that battle. He ends up sweeping the cards, I believe, 30-27 across the board. Didn't come easy, but ultimately... I think he just showed how good he really is. This Megulov's very good as well, but yeah. Armand, we thought he probably should have won against Gamrot, and now he wins here against this Megulov. I think this guy really needs a name and as, and as his next opponent. He's he's done the deed of taking on guys like Ismay Gulov, Gamrot, these guys that nobody wants to fight, who don't have the credibility or name attached to him. Now give him a chance against one of these guys that's been sitting at the top for a while. Dare I say a Justin Gaethje or oh. someone like that. I mean, give me that fight all day. Yeah, I mean, it was high level. We shouldn't have expected anything <laughs> other than that. People knew what we were going to get from this type of fight. Uh, Armand Saryukian just showed that he's still just a level above Demir. Like, Demir's very good, don't get me wrong, and he's right in his prime. He had won 19 straight fights. But it, Armand's, what, 26, 27, and just... The kid is an absolute borderline phenom. I don't say that word very much, but he's a future champion. I'm saying it right now, setting it in stone. Maybe I've said it before, but I'm definitely saying it here today. The final numbered episode of the year might as well go out big. Armand Suyukian is going to be a lightweight champion one day. Dare I say not necessarily too much longer. The idea of him and Islam running it back you know, in 2024 or late 2023 or whatever the case sounds. Oh, so very exciting to me. Uh, when Armand made his debut against Islam a few years ago, the dude's a stud. The dude has weapons everywhere. The fight goes. And that's what makes me so intrigued to watch this guy fight. He's got, you have to put him in here, right? With one of these veterans. I don't want him to see Fazeev because he deserves to fight other people ahead of them as well. So guys like you're going to hate me for this, but guys like Daryush, guys like Poirier, guys like Gaethje. What Armand even said this in fight week, these guys just keep fighting each other and they don't give up their spots. 
the UFC can't keep doing that forever. Guys like Armand, guys like Rafael Fazeev are going to make their way in. It's a matter of time. And dare I say, it's in both of their next fights. They have to get in there. Dude, it is so sad how bad you want Darius to get beaten. Like and you want him to lose. You want him to lose so bad. Uh, like you're like, yeah, you can give Darius a title fight. Just make sure he fights everybody, everybody. ten through one, yeah. every week. And if he gets through them, then maybe you get him a title shot. Right. I mean, it's just pathetic how much Dom wants my boy Benny D to lose. No, but in, in all seriousness, Dom, one of the best knockouts of the night belongs to Little Blue. <laughs> little Blue. Little did I what? Just have a, did I just have a stroke? I think I just had yeah. a stroke. Um, Replay. Belongs to Little Blue. <laughs> Bruce Leroy. <laughs> oh, that was funny shit. Uh, right he knocks out Julian Arosa with a head kick and a follow-up ground and pound shots about three minutes into the first round. Who would have thought he'd have one of the knockouts of the night, right? Bruce Leroy, not necessarily known for his power, but this was all timing. Uh, he landed that head kick right at the end of the exchange. Arosa was done, basically, but a few follow-up shots. I mean, Arosa was face playing. It was He was out. He was out bad. Yeah, yeah, it was a sick knockout by Bruce. Bruce, the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Anyway. It's a play to replay. Yeah, it was a sick knockout by Bruce. Bruce, the two replays. Um, he looked amazing, and the fact that the the combo right, he threw the left hand, and Julian evaded, but then brings the left high kick right behind it. Oh my goodness gracious, that was nasty. He's won five out of six. The only loss was to my man Sadiq Youssef. Give Alex Caceres his shot at the top 15 again. Give him Edson Barboza. Boom! That's the fight to make. Bruce Leroy. There we go. I said it right. Man, what a career. You know it was his 27th UFC fight last night? No. (laughs) Isn't that just... What a career, man, for this guy. And And he's getting his best performances now after so many fights. It goes to show that people just hit their primes different yeah. spots in this sport and this is a perfect example you you've seen it a few times even in more high profile examples like charles Oliveira, jan blahovich yep uh hinato moicano like these guys that they or jorge masvidal even i mean you could yeah. say that like you see it where these guys who have their struggles early in their career maybe you could even say that about dustin poirier i don't know if he would quite fit in there but max you know, even these yeah max for sure like these guys who come in and maybe they're just too young inexperienced raw whatever yeah. it is but the ufc believe in them enough to kind of develop them you mm-hmm. know give them big fights give them fights in the ufc continue to develop them and then once they get a little older get some fight years under their belt all of a sudden, these guys are fighting like champions. So, yeah. you know, there's some not pretty looking results that can come from that. You know, Bruce Leroy had a, you know, his record's not the prettiest to look at by any means, but that's a guy that's really been in every fight he's ever been put in in the UFC. I mean, he win yeah. or lose, he, yeah. even he's even, been, I, I mentioned this on the preview, he was in a main event against Yair Rodriguez back in 2016, and that was a pretty close fight. Yeah, you know, Yair was looked at as like the golden boy, the the next coming of for that Mexican 
market. Yeah. And Alex Caceres was supposed to be like fed to the wolves there. And instead he yeah. made that very close fight. So I, I like what I see from Caceres. I agree with you. Give that man top 15. I'm surprised Dominic didn't want him to fight Benil Darius next. Like just <laughs> go up a weight class. Just, just make make Benil yeah. cut ten more pounds than 145 or something. I mean, yeah. my God, the the hate doesn't stop with Dom over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Post production, Dom. Can I get a clip insert of Dom? Uh, his what? One more time. What? All right. Thank you. Next fight. The reason I had to say it was one of the best knockouts of the night for Alex Caceres is because I think the knockout of the night might be uh, given to one Drew Dober. Uh, what a chin that man has, both literally and figuratively, because yeah. um, he knocks out Bobby Green in round two, but it didn't come easy. Bobby Green looked fantastic God, for his boxing most is... of this fight. Mm. Yeah, it's very pretty to watch. It's very, like, he gets into such a flow state. And, yes. You know, yes. it's fun to watch. But Drew Dober is just about it. <laughs> and and he realized, I think, after the first round that if he was going to have a chance to win this fight, he had to accept he was going to have to eat a shot to give a shot. And throw bombs back. Yeah. yeah. And that's what he did. And he becomes the second man to knock out um, Bobby Green. That ties him for lightweight knockouts with Dustin Poirier, who is the other guy to knock out Bobby Green. Yeah. And he called out, Dub. he called out the tarantula, Jalen Turner. I mean, I'm he sure. said, I, he said, I want those problems. I, I'm a Drew Dover guy. I'm not so sure that he really wants those problems. <laughs> I don't Jaylen know. Because fucking beast. Dom, can you? I'm just imagining the fucking size discrepancy. Drew Dober is <laughs> not a tall guy for lightweight. Yeah. And he wants Jalen Turner, who's six foot three. Yeah. I mean, part of me was like screaming, like, no, Drew, don't do this. Like, yeah. I'm such a Drew Dober guy. But I also was like, that fight is kind of awesome and I want to see it. So respect to Drew Dober. It shows how talent stacked this lightweight division is. Uh, one of our buddies even made this. Uh, he acknowledged this that like a guy like Drew Dober or Bobby Green not being in the top fifteen at lightweight just speaks to the level of talent oh, yeah. that's in that division. Um, like if he was a if he was a middleweight, he's a top ten fighter. You know. Yeah. Any other so, weight class, <laughs> right? I mean, almost yeah, almost and. Um, yeah, I guess, Dom, for you, your thoughts, you know, what a great knockout kind of cap off. What a great year for Drew Dober. Yeah, he had three wins this year, three knockouts, if I'm not mistaken. Dude's a stud, Well, I kind man. of forgot about that Rafael Alves fight, how fun that one was. Alves doing the yeah. fucking, like, robot and shit in the, in the cage. That was a crazy and, one. And you already mentioned him and Terrence McKinney, the craziest yeah. three minutes you'll ever see, even outside of the bedroom. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like Drew Dober is uh, – he deserves top 15 as well, just like Alex Caceres does. Jalen Turner, though? Oof. I mean, I respect the kahunas on him to call him out. I don't know, though. I mean, maybe him and, like, Dan Hooker would be kind of fun, right? Or him and Hanato Moicano. Then no one would be fucked. Oh, no God, one know what to do. So <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Those two fought each other. But, uh, yeah, this was sick, man. He's had six consecutive, not in a row, but six. All of his last six wins have been by knockout. And I said on Thursday, Bobby Green don't get knocked out. Drew Dober don't get knocked out. And then someone got knocked out, but. 
Bobby Green's such an OG too. The way that he's so humble in defeat and was just having fun with it. Like he kept going, golly, man, you got me and stuff like that. How do you not just love both of those fighters? You just can't. I rewatch. I, I rewatched after the fight the clip you made talking about that fight, and your analysis of it was aged very well. Yes, <laughs> I think yes. even someone commented that that was yeah. very funny. Like you were everything you said is basically what what happened. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about I mean what I understand kind of the feelings about you know this individual right now but i mean what's if tony ferguson's gonna remain in the top 15 oh no i mean i mean is that is that really that mean to you're play? getting mad at me for saying darius versus <laughs> armand and you're wanting to put tony in there with drew Do- drew dover might knock tony's head and you we don't we don't want to see tony no, viciously no, knocked no. out Noah. i know i know i i take oh. it back all right i take it back but you know what we said thursday once it's out on the pod it can't go back I know that's true. We put that. I, I, I said it already. It Try. Just keep going. Keep I, going. I, all I'm saying is, whenever Tony graduates from Harvard, you know, he takes <laughs> yeah. some time. True. Like, I understand we don't want to see him get knocked out again, and Drew Dover carries some big time power. But Tony's still, I mean, I can't. I can't say anything. I think I'm just going to stop. <laughs> I can't, I can't say anything. Get Look, I think I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit it. I think I said it because I thought it was a more winnable fight than Jalen Turner or Hinato Moicano. All right, there, I said it. All right. You know what? Fine. I'll compromise with you, Dan Hooker. I think, no, like seriously, that's pretty, that's, yeah, that's a pretty cool fight too. That'd be a banger. That's another, another size. Bag. That's another big size discrepancy too. True. Yeah, dude. Maybe one day we just get Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner. That would be fun. That is Thank crazy. You. Yeah, that's, that's a crazy fun. Actually, let's do that one. Wait, and then yeah. we'll do Drew Dober. And then we we'll do Drew Dober, Tony Ferguson. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> next fight here. A battle of two very underrated fighters in this division. Saeed Nurmagomedov ends yeah. up getting the submission win over Sedjukov Kakramanov. That name's a mouthful. You did it so well, though. Nice. I I, I feel like there's some. Um, what's what's a term for someone who like knows speech? Like linguist. Is that a yeah. is that a uh, title of someone? Maybe. Am I forgetting letters in there? A linguist. A, ling- <laughs> a I, linguist. Isn't that someone who analyzes language or speech? Probably. It's a linguist. I don't. A speechist. Okay. A linguist. Linguist. Look it up. A linguist. A linguist. The more I say it, the less I think that's a real thing. It's all Anyways, <laughs> I feel like every time you like give me props for my it's pronunciation yeah. of a word, I have a feeling that there's just somebody from that country watching this, just like throwing their laptop against the <laughs> the yeah. wall. But yeah. we got a pretty good fight here, Dom. Another one that kind of saw a comeback, Saeed Nurmagomedov. You know, obviously he carries that Nurmagomedov last name. So um, he's the one of no relation, though, correct? Isn't he the yeah, one? Yeah, they, they said really... last night, no relation, but close family friends. So it all works out. Right? <laughs> so he's basically part of the family. But <laughs> yeah. having that Nurmagomedov name obviously gives you some credibility. Sedjukov Kakramanov, I feel like, has had a tough draw in the UFC. He is a really good fighter. But he has found himself like on the reverse end or on the bad end of like multiple big comebacks and 
You know, yeah. he's had he's went up against guys where they've had like some some a performance that's defined their career or something like a big mm-hmm. comeback or whatever. So he's gotten a tough draw, but that doesn't stop here because he looked really good early here, and then Saeed Nurmagomedov comes back and gets the submission. Yeah. Uh, this was pretty early in the card, but I think this was a very high level fight, one of the highest level ones on the whole card. Uh, any thoughts on that one? It's just like, what do you do now with a guy like Saeed? And I just wanted to say this because I didn't realize until yesterday that he was number 15 in the division. We have two Nurmagomedovs in one top 15 list in one division. That's a scary sight to see for the rest of the Bantamweights. Uh, but I don't know, man. I mean, all kinds of fun matchups. Him and Jack Shore, him and Gutierrez, him and, dare I say, Umar. Nurmagomedov versus Nurmagomedov, main event. That'd be a wild, crazy. <laughs> a little, a little, a little I mean, Nurmagomedov on Nurmagomedov action. I'm just, the, you, the list. There's no bad matchups in the bantamweight division, so you do whatever you want with Saeed. Just don't have him fight out of the rankings. Have him fight someone in the mm-hmm. rankings. That's all I ask. Well said. And I, I know I didn't have it on here, but I did want to just open up a chance for you to kind of give any shout outs to anybody else on the card that might have had a performance that stuck out to you. Oh gosh, you put me on the spot. I'm trying to. Well, I'll, I'll throw a name out here because I feel like we both would have if if it was on here. We probably I probably should have put it on here. Manel Cape, or yeah. Cop. Um, yeah. He had a big bounce back. I also mentioned Amir Albazi. I didn't put them on here because like for Amir, I do think his potential is through the roof right now. But considering the opponent was short notice and yeah, you know, debuting, debuting. Yeah. Um, but Amir Albazi, get that man a car. First off, he didn't yeah. get a performance of the night bonus, which is bullshit. But give that, they better fucking give that man a car. Yeah. Uh, get him a nice one. Dana, give the keys to your fucking Tesla, whatever the <laughs> hell you drive around. Yeah. Um, but then Manel Cop, I mean, this guy keeps he, every fight better and better. Yes. He had a really tough start to that career, but I think we're kind of past that. And with this win, I mean, he nearly took. Um, Oh, what's his name? Shoulder out of his socket David, here. David's on. I know that yeah. David Dvorak, and I know Dom. Uh, I felt for him because he had a f- uh, prop for uh, yeah. Manel to finish this fight by, or to finish this fight. Yeah. And of course, he did not do that. And I, I mean, I, that was a nasty submission. I don't know how David uh, fought through it and then continued to fight the rest of the way. But I wanted to give a shout out to the two flyweights. You know, we're big flyweight advocates on this show, so I figured I'd mention them. Anything you want to add to that? No, if I'm if I'm giving any other shout outs, it's probably that one. Maybe a shout out to Hafa Garcia. The dude had an artery yeah, slice in his head, yeah. and then he still won the fight. Oh my god, it was an absolute bloodbath in there. Uh, but he legitimately did win that fight. Five seven yep. versus like six foot tall, huge height yep. discrepancy, reach disadvantage. It didn't matter. He had that dog in him. And he got the win. I think it was a pretty solid card to end the year, Noah. I'll say that. Yeah, I didn't love the prelims. That fight was one of the better ones. Hafa Garcia, mm-hmm. Mahashate. But a lot of the prelims weren't great. I think there was yeah. one finish on the whole prelims. But I thought the main card brought it back. And really, that's... Yeah, the night went on it. You know, that's kind of what you hope for anyways. You know, you had the reverse last week with 282 where the prelims were bangers. Yes, and then the main card started out okay, and then you get to the co-main and yeah. main event, and all of a sudden it all goes downhill, and it leaves yeah. a bad taste in your mouth. So, you know, yeah. which one do you want? Right? Would you rather have like a terrible lead up to the co-main and main, or would you, you know, I don't know. But um, 
Yeah, Hoffa Garcia, by the way, I believe, I guess they said he lost 20% of his blood. That is absolutely insane. Yeah. This sport is not for the light at heart, put it that way. No, it was one of the bloodier fights I've seen in a long time. Oh, it was and, just uh, like a faucet. It was great. I, I, you, you know, the reason they never stopped it had to be because of the placement. It was on the side of the yes. head, so it doesn't get into the eyes or anything. But I was definitely kind of surprised that they never stopped it to check it. Because, I mean, that thing, as soon as it got hit, you could see it start, like, gushing out. Was... And you know what makes me wonder, Noah, is, like, after last night, now that we find out, hindsight, that he had an artery cut, you got to think maybe next year they look out for cuts like that on the side of the head. I mean, had they known he had an artery cut, he probably doesn't continue that fight, right? I wouldn't think. Well, I wonder, if, I, wonder, I wonder if a ringside physician could even... Um, tell mm. that by i don't know i don't know i'm i'm not a medical expert i'm not sure if someone if like a guy could just come in look at you know barely able to see <laughs> yeah. and, so, and just go yeah you've cut an artery i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah. how how much uh is known about that but with that dom let's move into the below average bet slip oh, dominic of course has been carrying the torch for us as a show it's been great. while I am on suspension from betting MMA. We did have an opportunity this week for me to, to cash my ticket back into the, the um, below average bet slip. But unfortunately oh, it was man. all for not. I, I only went one of three. I mean, how poetic when the pressure's on, the bright lights down on me. It's my opportunity to get back in to save Dom from this torture and make us a tandem again on the bet slip going into 2023. And I go one of three. My three were Garcia Mahishate inside the distance, which kind of hurts in hindsight considering that man lost 20% of his blood. But, um, you know, fought through it and got a win. Also, Casera Zarosa inside the distance. I felt good about that one. Um, it obviously ended three minutes into the first round, so that was pretty easy. That's an impressive hit, I think. Actually, I like that. The one. the first two were plus money, uh, so I I was you know they not big plus money. I think Casera Zarosa was around like plus one ten, and Garcia Mahishate was like plus one thirty or plus one twenty or something like that. And then Sean Strickland money line that was essentially a pick 'em, yeah. but um, obviously he lost that fight, so I went one of three. But I, you know, I don't feel too bad about those. Like I feel like, yeah, they're they wouldn't have won, but you know, Sean Strickland could have easily have been a win, and you know, Garcia Mahishate, like whatever. I mean, yeah, can't win them all. But because of that, Dom, we're back to zero, and now I have to climb back up two weeks in a row, getting my three ghost bets correct. Um, I want to keep reminding the audience in case we have new people coming in of why mm -hmm. I'm suspended and whatnot. But Dominic, this is your below average bet slip. I'm going to keep honing in on this is your. Yeah. Uh, none of these are mine. So all those red X's, those are Dom's. <laughs> Thanks, Noah. Man, <laughs> shit. <laughs> the, the, the worst thing is that I really did. I've had a, a, a solid year, first year of yeah. MMA betting, and it's he been had. solid. But three weeks in a row without Noah, and you would think I'm just this poor because it's been three straight weeks of losing. It's all been like 1.6 units or less, so it's not like I'm losing big. 
but it just sucks to continue that negative streak. At least it's our last time showing the 2022 standing. We get to start from scratch. We get a nice little four-week break to refresh, mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's going to be fun, man. For this card specifically, I, I, I can't co really complain about any of them. I mean, Manel Cop almost ripped off David Vorak's arm in the first round, almost knocked him out in the second round. What are you going to do, man? I mean, that was my biggest stab in terms of plus money. It almost hit. Sean Strickland, the way it went down, it was a coin flip fight uh, in terms of the winner. Julian Arosa, I was a bit surprised because even before the knockout, it really just felt like Caceres was taking control. I know it only was a few minutes long, but he just looked really good, and Arosa didn't look as good as I thought. And then for the parlay, I missed Jake Matthews. He literally had a performance of the year candidate uh, a couple months ago against Andre Fialho, but Matthew Simmelsberger is just a fucking dog, and I should have known better that it was going to be scrappy. I should have known that Matthews was way too big of a favorite being at minus 305 he was. But you live and learn. We went four and four, not too many negative units. No, we'll come back strong at the start of 2023, and I hope I get you back sooner rather than later, my friend. Yeah, don't say we. The, I will try and do good for the first couple weeks, and then hopefully week three. He said, he said we went four and four. Uh, hell no, you went four and four. Um, but Dominic does make a good point. It's so easy for me now that I have removed myself from the bet slip to just be like, wow, look how Dom, look how bad he's doing. He needs me. But, guys, that minus 17.7 for the year, there's a reason I got suspended from betting <laughs> MMA. <laughs> Most oh, of that man. number belongs to yours truly. So uh, Dominic had been carrying us basically the whole year. Uh, almost like uh, like a current day LeBron, like at your age, Dom. You just there's a point where you just can't carry anymore. <laughs> right, it's just too right. much weight. You just can't carry it anymore. So, yeah. Um, with that, Dom, there's only one way we end the show around here. That's what the little segment we like to call closing statements. Mm -hmm. It's the point of the show where me and Dominic talk about anything and everything, MMA related or not. So, Dominic, any closing statements for this Monday edition? Nothing too crazy, just a quick little, for those of our listeners, viewers, that uh, play fantasy football, oh, Jesus yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck to you all if you're in the playoffs. Uh, um, things are not looking good for me as we record this on Sunday. When you're hearing it tomorrow, I probably have already lost. But uh, just good luck to all you out there. And Noah, I believe, wants to wish me luck as we finish off the show here today, too. Yeah, I hope Dom gets beat by 50. <laughs> I've already talked about it on this show. We won't rehab. I mean, I, I, I think me and Dom buried that hatchet. I think. Yeah, no, it's totally. Know. We've let we've it go. we've had to bury betting hatchets and stuff before. I mean, Dominic has actively cheered for my bets to lose before. I mean, on accident. What a piece of shit! But, <laughs> but, I mean, a man robbed me and my family blind in a fantasy league. <laughs> My fraternity brothers, I mean, everybody who trusts me to make a fair and yeah. and just league, Dominic ripped them all off like a bandit in the night. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the short end of that of that story. We, If you want to go back, there's a previous go closing statements where yeah. we elaborated a little more. But, Dominic, I do wish you good luck, but I do hope you lose by 50. I, I love that. I <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm Noah Baker. That's Dominic Salee. We are but just two of the below average Joes. And for the last time of 2022, we're out.